Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Convery. I am your host, Brian Convery, and on today's episode, we are going to continue the discussion called Table Talk, where my invited guests will participate in a group discussion on a particular topic of interest. Our Table Talk today is a pride chat focusing on inclusion and belonging, and I would like to introduce my guests. My first guest is Todd Gonzalez, and he goes by the pronouns he and him, and he is a graduate from Ryerson University Ted Rogers School of Management, and he is currently working in the trade support and settlements at RBC. Fun fact about Todd is he's on a mission to explore a new beach town hike every weekend this summer. We also have Caroline Boyer Fopiano. She goes by the pronouns she and her, and is a 2020 graduate from McGill University major in economics and minor international development. Caroline is working as a business development associate at ISN. A fun fact about Caroline is she loves gardening and she loves houseplants. Our final guest is Kanika Chopra and she goes by the pronouns she and her and she's attending the University of Waterloo as a fourth year statistics student graduating in 2022, currently working as a data analytics, data analytics, I can't say that, analysis, sorry, at Uber. Fun fact about Kanika is that she picked up embroidery last summer and started selling custom teas. Amazing. Thanks everyone and welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, Brian. Thank you for having us. All right, let's get going. So I always like to talk a little bit about some fun rapid fire questions. So I'm gonna start first uh, with the question, what is your most favorite used emoji? So Kanika. Uh, I think mine right now is like the two eyes, and that's probably because of like a lot of club activities. So for my advertisements, I have to use that a lot. <laughs> that's cool. The two eyes. I like the two eyes too. How about Carolina? Yeah, mine is uh, the yellow heart emoji. My favorite color is yellow, and I like adding it as a little cute addition to my text. Nice. The yellow heart. There you go. And how about Todd? Mine is the winking face with the tongue out because I'm usually doing fun things on the weekend and that's usually something I'm sending to people to get them excited for the weekend. Nice. <laughs> if you could eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be, Todd? Um, it would definitely be Greek food. And if we want to get specific, we would be eating chicken souvlaki wraps for the rest of my life. Mm, I'm hungry. It's dinner time. <laughs> it definitely right. is. Oh, boy. Kanika? Uh, I think chicken momos. I started making those from scratch, and it is so rewarding to have them done, and especially when you pan fry them a little bit, so good. Do you have like a sauce, something for those? Usually, I just have it with soy sauce. I tried to make like a spicy chutney, and it went horribly, <laughs> so I just <laughs> go with the simple soy sauce now. I'll have to follow up with you because we just found one using um, apricot jam, and it actually is amazing as a. I, I, Literally don't like apricots, but anyways, we'll do that afterwards. It might be yes. a good dipping sauce because I use it for our one of our recipes. How about um, Carolina? Yeah, mine, mine is the classic sushi. I just think it's super versatile <laughs> and uh, and just so many options that you could have with it. Absolutely, it's been a long time for sushi too. Uh, I don't know if you've had it recently. I've I need to start picking that up again. It's not the same um, at home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Carolina, how about a uh, favorite way to spend a day off? Yeah, for me, uh, it's definitely, I really like getting out to a park or on a hike, you know, on a 
on a weekday. So it's nice and, and quiet and just getting into nature. I feel like um, I don't let myself do that enough living in the city. So it's a great way to kind of just slow down a bit. It's a great way to kind of soak in everything around you. Um, how about Todd? Um, it depends on the season. So it's in the winter. I like to go hit the slopes and go snowboarding. Um, in the warmer weather, I like to as well find new parks to go to with friends or hit up a new beach or go on a really cool hike somewhere. Nice. Nice. And Kanika? I think at this point, anything that requires me to leave the house. So <laughs> I will enjoy like sitting in the sun, enjoying a picnic, going for a hike. If I could get in the water, even better, but just soaking in as much sun and out fresh air as possible. I second that. Yeah, it's been way too much in the house. Like this is like not not ideal for sure. Yeah. Um how about uh, on this one? Do uh, Todd, how do you do you hit the snooze button right away, or do you wake? Do you use the snooze button or get up right away? Honestly, it depends on the day. There's days where I'm up before my alarm, ready to go, and then there's other days that I'm hitting that snooze button three or four times before I wake up. Okay. How about Kanika? Consistently hitting the snooze button repeatedly. <laughs> I can never fall set, on alarms. Do you have to set multiple alarms too? No, I just give up. <laughs> I think the alarm just annoy me now. <laughs> Caroline? I'm on, I'm on the same boat as uh, Kanika. I, I'm, I'm a snooze girl. I cannot. It's very hard for me to get up in the morning. So I definitely have a hit snooze a, a good amount of times. And hopefully I don't hit the stop button because then I'm in real trouble. <laughs> <laughs> then you're late. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a question I like to ask. And I... It's one of the ones of what is your favorite word? And sometimes you have a word that you just say a lot, or it could be a word that means something to you, or it sounds cool, or it's it's meaningful, or it could be absolutely nothing. Um, but let's let's ask the question: What is your favorite word, Todd? Um, there's definitely not much value behind it. Um, I do. I am told by my coworkers that I my quick response is usually sweet. So if someone's doing something, or instead of saying okay, it's usually like sweet. Thanks. <laughs> I've heard that a few times from you. Yeah, you see, there you go. <laughs> that that resonates really well. Um, yeah. How about Kanika? Um, hmm, that one's a tough one. I don't think I have a favorite word, but one that I find myself using more often is y'all now. And I think that's just trying to find more gender neutral phrases. And so I use y'all in like almost every sentence. <laughs> like y'all, like Y-A A-L-L? Yes. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, maybe you're, Maybe you'd be down in Texas or something. Oh, I'm actually <laughs> born in Texas, so I did not grow up there. Okay, well, there. Maybe it's subliminally coming back to you. <laughs> um, how about Caroline? Mine is, is lovely. I just I started saying it in university, and I it just stuck. I just like it as a good little descriptive sweet term. I love that. Took one out of Todd's so, book there. <laughs> so lovely. I love that. That's nice. Um, so, as we're talking about the pride um, chat and talking through a little bit more about um, each of your experiences and thank you for being a part of such an important topic, um, not just in the month of pride, but, um, you know, throughout the year. Um, would you mind sharing a little bit, maybe about how you identify within the 2S LGBTQ plus community? Todd. Um, I am a gay and open and proud man. That is how I identify. Awesome. Awesome. Kanika? 
Uh, I am a cis bisexual woman. Awesome. Good for you. Thank you for sharing. And Caroline? I am as well a cis bisexual woman. Um, I also go as pansexual, but I really think it's subjective people's definitions. So I kind of go back and forth. Thank you all for sharing that. Um, I think it's super um, insightful to our audience and listeners and, and folks that are tuning in as students to understand, you know, so much around this is fluid and and it evolves and, um, and, and you know, I've even learned so much over the last couple of years, just talking to younger people like yourself about, you know, hey, I don't even want to label like, you know, I want to just do what I am and who I am and who I fall in love with doesn't really concern you or matter and whatever the case may be. But we know there's so much more than than that as well as as you think about who you are as an individual. So when we talk about equity, diversity, inclusion, and what I ultimately love to talk about is belonging, but you know, equity is that process and equality is the result. Um, we talk about diversity being understood by many as the condition of being different. And inclusion being thought to be the act of making a person part of a group. And then that belonging is really, though, as part of that group, do you actually get to that level of how that you make that person feel? Like, do they feel like they belong, even though they're included? So for each of you, and um, we can start in any order, but what what does inclusion and belonging mean to you personally? Um, maybe we'll start with Caroline. Yeah, for, for me, it's definitely uh, it means an environment that you know allows you know people or, or myself to feel comfortable and, and authentically uh, expressing and sharing myself uh, without fear of you know negative repercussions. I mean, um, really getting rid of any of that hesitation before I share something or tell a story, um, not having to worry about that and having that kind of lifted. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Kanika. I think I definitely second that and just like the feeling of safety, not having to second guess what I'm saying or worry about like how someone might take this or if someone like will react horribly. Um, I think just being able to be myself and not have to worry about that at all um, is definitely really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Todd. Oops, did we lose Todd? Oh, sorry. I don't know how I got muted there. My, my apologies. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, so, Technology at its best, right? Yeah, that's how it goes. Um, inclusion and belonging to me, I think, uh, is really instrumental to a culture where every individual applying to a company feels like they, they're, they're an equal and they have an equal opportunity to be um, selected as the best candidate for the role. And then once hired, feel as though they really have the opportunity to bring their full self to work as the best individual chosen for their hired role. Inclusion belonging also means that, you know, every race, gender, sexual orientation, and identity can really work together as one and collaborate mm -hmm. to enhance the performance of the firm or, or whichever company they may work, work for without feeling like they're being alienated by their differences. Um, and I also think that one should feel like they're encouraged to be different and know that, you know, whichever color in the rainbow they identify with, their uniqueness is truly valued. It also means that every employee knows that they are a term that I like to call psychologically safe and can mm -hmm. have open discussions about their opinions and beliefs on either side without feeling like they're silenced and, or suppressed. Uh, my perspective is really that, you know, in order for a company to truly foster a culture of growth, learning and inclusion, these factors have to be prioritized and ingrained at every le level, including how leaders choose to lead 
empower, promote, mentor, as well as support talent. Yeah, some great, great insights there, Todd. And, um, you know, psychological safety is such a big part of it. And, um, you know, and, and being able to, to actually express yourself without, without worry, um, you know, and uh, I think that I really think all of your answers was really, really special to share and understand if we think about, you know, as I told you earlier about some of the high school students that are, you know, coming up and listening through these discussions, getting ready for school, thinking about, you know, their transitions to work and things like that, um, you know, who you are at the core and what your values are. And, and as you define yourself and, and, and figure out who you are, these are so many great insights. So thank you all three of you for sharing uh, something that's, you know, very, very personal and very much, um, you know, something we need to discuss. So this next one, I kind of wrote it as, um, you know, how I was trying to think through, like, how do you, you know, you could be like, well, when was the first time you thought you were, so I decided, well, what was your, oh yeah, definitely not straight moment. Um, thinking about that question, um, where you, you obviously maybe, you know, felt, felt differently or what have you, but more or less around like, okay, yeah, I'm definitely not straight and something, some, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a special person. So who, uh, who wants to take this question first? I'll go for it. Okay, cool. So um, I'm sure you all remember High School Musical. Um, I've watched all three movies. And I think the first one I watched was maybe around the age of 12 or 13. And uh, I do remember the rest of the guys in school being all over Gabriella, whereas my eyes were definitely fixed on Troy, who we also <laughs> know as Ekron. And, you know, I do remember being like, oh, he's hot. And then people being like, what? <laughs> so well, I guess I'm gay then. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing. No, it's a good, a good, uh, good visual there as well as also like thank you for sharing that moment and uh, and then talking about that out loud. Uh, how about anyone? Uh, Kanika, Caroline? Yeah, I can go next. Um, okay. I think for me, like grade two was actually the first time I had a crush and like wanted to be more than friends with someone, um, with a girl. Yeah. And I just remember like wanting to get her attention and doing anything to like be around her. But like, I don't think I processed those feelings or really realized what any of that meant up until like maybe late middle school, early high school. And then I realized, oh wait, that was actually a crush. I actually have had crushes on girls before and I was definitely not straight. But like, I noticed like a history of like wanting or like caring more about what girls thought of me or being around them or making like them laugh than other people. Yeah, um, and that was when I was like, "Oh, those are not platonic feelings. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> not straight." <laughs> Thank you for sharing that one too. How about Carolina? I can I can definitely relate to that. I think for me it was it wasn't you know instantaneous. Um, for a while, I think I just normalized you know liking guys, but especially being like fire pan, um, I was scared that you know if I came out, um, you know my my identity would be disregarded and that people would just be saying that I was really just uh, straight and I was just saying it for attention. So I think I, I hesitated a bit there and, you know, there's that internalized, um, you know, shame that we have. Um, but uh, what I do remember is being on my first queer date uh, with a girl and I was like, this is, yeah, this is the same. I feel the same. I'm not doing this for anyone else. Um, and I think that's when I, I knew for sure. And a lot of that, 
that questioning went away for me, which was nice. Awesome. You know, the three of you, I can't think of three better guests to be on this conversation without your sharing. And, you know, I know we're on a podcast, but I'm like grinning ear and ear, ear to ear, listening to your, your, your stories and how it all came together. I think that's special. And, um, and it's, it's really, uh, it's really fun being here with you all. Um, when I think about, um, another thing, and I don't know if, um, this was interesting for me growing up, cause I grew up at a very different time than you grew up. Um, but when you think about LGBTQ plus, um, movies or shows or books, um, you know, the media, things that kind of influenced you growing up, was there anything specifically in those types of categories that had either a positive or a negative impact to you and what you thought or how you processed um, understanding who you were and your true authentic self? Um, so I'll start with Kanika. I don't think I really had much exposure to anything on like the media, shows, TVs, books, etc. when I was growing up or like either that or I've suppressed it far enough that I don't remember, but like I can't think of anything. Yeah. Um, but I feel like n like because of that, I seek out more representation now. So like after coming out and like even around the times where I was like just, like figuring out my sexuality, I definitely looked for more representation in any type of media whether it was like a show, like a book, a movie. Um, and like to this day, like now I try to read more memoirs or stories so I can learn from other people's experiences and from like those like authentic stories. Like I think you learn a lot more from that than like sometimes what like the representation in the media isn't really accurate. So I've started to switch more towards like those type of like memoirs. Um, but I think the lack of representation growing up made me realize like I want to find the representation and I rather spend my energy like reading or watching um, things either featuring or made by queer folk. Yeah, you know what? I think that's really interesting because um, you're right about how you now look around and you actually look at things. And there's this whole topic too, right? Around even gay themed or two um, LGBTQ themed uh, stories and shows where a straight person may be playing a gay person or you know, and and should it be, you know, an LGBTQ plus person paying an LGBTQ plus? And as you're looking around like that, I've been doing that too recently with, you know, the idea of less represented. Um, you know, it's not that a, a straight person couldn't play a gay person and, and that's a whole nother topic, but I think it's also about that less represented and giving that opportunity to someone who actually maybe is identified with who they're playing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's a that's an interesting one. Um, Todd, how about you? Yeah, I mean, nowadays we on Netflix, like there's a whole LGBT section, and even outside of that, most TV shows, um, like most current TV shows and movies, are made with LGBT characters um, in the storyline. Uh, but growing up, I mean, I didn't really have a lot of those resources. I didn't have LGBT movies or books or resources to you know, during those vulnerable stages when you're questioning yourself. I didn't have those those things that a lot of kids do today to be like, oh, you know what, gay is okay. Um, mm -hmm. But I did have access to YouTube. And on YouTube, I found that I, I was watching a lot of like cute gay couples or gay bloggers who, you know, were very out and very proud. And, um, you know, like for the gay couples who loved each other were both successful. And so those were sort of my only resources to help me sort of accept my identity during those, you know, vulnerable and questioning stages growing up of questioning your sexual orientation. 
Um, and they sort of helped me realize that, you know, I am normal and that love is love and gay is okay. And I know that does sound cliche, but it's, it is true. Um, they were sort of like an outlet to accept myself as I was in a time where, like I said, there, there weren't many resources to talk to about being gay, or maybe I wasn't even ready if there were. Um, and uh, I, think, I think that that can be a really scary time for a young person is when, you know, you start to realize that maybe you're a little bit different from the people around you in school. And you may feel like you can't talk to anyone about it. And, uh, and I think that's maybe the most vulnerable time for an LGBT individual or someone who's questioning their identity uh, growing up. And so then that, I say thanks to all those wonderful gay YouTubers who helped me get through that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And to your point, it can be, it can also be a lonely point in your life too, right? When you don't, you're, you're, you're feeling vulnerable and you don't really know what to do with that too, right? Absolutely. Um, it's a, it's an, ex, it's a lived experience that I, you know, we all have in common and it's, um, you know, I, I remember being, you know, just even like going to the lunchroom and where would I sit and all yeah. those things that you, I over rotated on in my head. Um, yeah, no, great. Thank you for sharing that. And, and thank you to the gay YouTubers for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. How about Caroline? Uh, yeah, no, I'm definitely uh, thankful for the gay YouTubers. I agree, I'm on the same page. Uh, but when I, I think when I think about growing up, there's no, you know, specific, um, you know, TV show or, or movie or book that I, I remember, but um, one that, you know, it came out in 2013 that, um, I watched and I've continued to watch periodically, you know, since then is uh, the show, Please Like Me. Um, I think it's a, a beautiful, uh, it really beautifully approaches mental health as well as queerness and, you know, them not being the, you know, naturally being part of the story. So that's, uh, that's I, I love think that show. I love that show. show. Oh my gosh, we've it. watched it. I think I've watched it a couple times. Oh, um, yeah. from beginning to end. It's incredible. You're right. There's so many channel more with Netflix and other things that are available. Mm -hmm. um, there's another one called special. Has anyone seen that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's another really interesting one. Um, but yeah, no, it's, I guess, and I, it's funny cause this is sort of like, you know, when from my generation, it was like, will and grace was the thing that kind of yeah right i guess were you watching will and grace or no is that too no i remember watching my mom grow uh watch it every saturday though <laughs> there you go yeah that's i'm more online with your parents than i am <laughs> from an age yeah. you just reminded me todd thanks a lot um no, no, i didn't mean to do that <laughs> no no i'm kidding i'm kidding i you're only as young as you feel as your heart is feeling so that's how i am i think you can be young at heart um when you think about who has been maybe especially helpful in your life during your coming out process, whether it was a mentor or a confidant or a friend, maybe each of you, could you share, um, you know, how that helped you or who, who was there or, or maybe, you know, how you went about uh, that process. So, um, Kanika. Yeah. So, um, when I came out, I decided like, I was really hesitant on like how I wanted to come out and how like, the best way to do it. So I ended up going with like, I'm going to design my own tattoo um, that represents my sexuality and then eventually share that with everyone else. And so I went with a very public way of coming out, just like posting my tattoo on Instagram. 
Um, and I think along that path, my friends definitely helped me, especially like one of my best friends at the time, like um, helping me with like just coming up with the designs of my tattoos, going through the iterations, um, coming to terms with it, and then eventually like pushing me to come out. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the most influential person is my partner and my best friend at the time. Um, she definitely helped me with my coming out process with accepting myself. Um, even just like around the time where I, I had the tattoo, I was ready. I had the post, everything was ready. I just couldn't get myself to do it. And without the push from her, I don't think that I would have been able to. Um, and I definitely don't think I would be as like open and content with my sexuality without her. So definitely really helps. That's a beautiful story. What a beautiful story. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. And, and now, now, of course, I'm like, I want to ask about the tattoo more, but that, um, <laughs> I'll leave it there for now. Um, Todd. Yeah, so I've, I've had quite a few mentors, um, friends and family that have helped me quite tremendously in becoming the openly gay person I am now. Um, I actually had two best friends in high school and they were twin sisters. Um, and they sort of took me in. Their family was very accepting. And uh, I think they were the first two people um, in, in, in any way or um, in any relationship I've, I've had that I came out to as being gay. Um, and they sort of stood up for me throughout high school. You know, whenever the guys would give me trouble for being gay or, you know, whenever I'd be pushed and shoved or called uh, the word we yeah. don't like to talk about, um, they were always there to step in the way and be like, this is not okay. This is our friend. We don't treat people like people like that. Um, and so, yeah, we, we did everything together. And they were the first, yeah, the first people who knew about my sexuality. And I honestly wish I was still in touch with them now because, you know, I'd give them the biggest hug, hug and thank them for everything they did for me. Because I don't think I would have came out if I didn't know I had two people who would stand up for me um, coming out in high school. And then along the way, there were, there were more family members um, who sort of, you know, had an idea who would come to me and be like, hey, you know, you can tell me this is not true, but if you do think you are gay, like, I just want you to know that I'm here for you. And so that came up more and more as I grew up and came to the point where there was no more coming out. And now it's just me and I'm loved by everyone in my life. And it was not an easy process. It, I've come out, I can't even tell you how many times I've come out in my life. Um, but getting to where I am today, where I no longer have to pretend to be straight, you know, or talk a certain way um, in front of certain groups or in front of family. It's been extremely liberating. And honestly, a shout out to all of my incredible family who have stood beside me as an ally along the way and reminded me that I'm loved regardless of who I choose to love and that I'm normal and as equal or unequal to, uh, to my peers and my family. So. Amazing. What a, another beautiful story. Thank you so much for sharing that. And um, yeah, wow. It's, uh, it's, uh, how these people that do, do support and, and the true word of an ally, right. Is, is someone that's talks about you and supports you even when they're not in the room. Absolutely. Um, you know, and that's a word that I often tell people today. And like, even when I try to call myself an ally for other things that, you know, it's a privilege to be an ally and it's a privilege to support people and to be there for people. So thank you so much for sharing that. You know, very personal story as well. Caroline, how about yourself? Um, so for me, I think I was really figuring it out um, early or like 
mid in middle school and then early high school. And um, I was really thankful that I had um, a close group of, of friends that were that were most of them were queer as well. And I really found that um, it was it was a safe and encouraging uh, space to explore uh, and share and, and figure myself out. So I was really happy that um, I had them to kind of you know, talk openly about, and I didn't have to worry about it. Same with Todd, just, you know, having those people as a support. And if I were to come out, you know, I always had them and we all were learning from each other's families and how each other's families were reacting um, to, you know, to coming out. And I probably wasn't too nice to my mom when I came out. I, I did it very aggressively, but we were in the car to work. I think probably one of my summer jobs and um, she was like, oh, who was that friend that you're hanging out with? And I was like, mom, you realize that she isn't a friend, right? <laughs> I think I just really <laughs> threw her off guard. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but I, think, I think a part of that was also right, the shame. So I was kind of, you know, like trying to figure it out too. So, um, but since then, well, even then she was, she was really amazing. Um, so we're learning and I'm just happy that you know my family worked out well my mom has been always there for me and as well having those friends just surrounding yourself with with people who you can talk you know openly about like how we we're talking about the beginning of this like having that environment that you can say things and you don't need to worry about you know fear of, uh, of judgment yeah and you know I'm curious with the conversation in the car and I made me chuckle for sure too in a way because there's probably part of you, and I, I'll, I'm asking you because I don't want to assume, but there's probably part of you as she was asking that question, you're just like, oh, I'm so over this, I just want to share it. Yeah, it was definitely like, like I don't want to say nothing, but I don't want to, you know, but it was also scary to say, so I just ended up saying it in, in the harshest way. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. mean, but I, I definitely... No, no, you know, I... Direct. It was not the response she expected. <laughs> I'm telling yeah. you, like, what school she went to. And I was like, nope, <laughs> going all in. <laughs> no, no. And, you know, all three of your stories and, and conversations as a journey are, are unique in their own way. I, I'm going to throw a question in here just because um, I think it's helpful because um, I've also had a lot of conversations with young people who... Um, you know, they're struggling with this. They're struggling with the, you know, maybe they don't have, you know, the friend that's going to help push the button on the Instagram with the tattoo or, you know, they don't have the, and they're, and they're feeling like, what do they do? do? Do do any of you have advice for, you know, someone who might be, you know, struggling with this overall? And I, I know it's such a, it's a deep topic. So, but anything that you would share about how to maybe think about the coming out process and what what advice or ideas you might be able to give someone? I would have to say, find find that one person if you think you can in your life that you know you may maybe your best friend or maybe your closest family member. I mean, that first step is never easy, but if you're feeling as though you're not representing who you truly are to the people around you. There comes a point where you have to, you know, sit yourself down and say, okay, well, this isn't enough. And I'm not happy with people thinking of me in a way that's not really who I am. And so that first step is scary and it's daunting and it's nerve wracking. And, you know, it gives you a lot of anxiety, but find one person who you can tell or, or, or talk or maybe have a conversation about being gay and, and hear what they have to say before you fully connect with them. 
because it starts with that one person and then it just completely dominoes from there. And, you know, after you make that first move and tell that one person and they come back and say, you know what, maybe I already knew or maybe they didn't knew, but they say that, you know, they, they love you for who you are. It just gets so much easier from there. And there may be multiple times that you come out throughout your life, but it just gets easier every time. And, you know, you, you have to find that courage within yourself to, to make that first step and tell that one person closest to you. Thank you, Todd. That was really helpful. And Kanika, Caroline, any thoughts or any comments on that? I think yeah, like, um, oh, go ahead. Is, sorry. Um, one thing like is like if you don't have a safe space at home or with like within a friend group, like there's no really rush to come out. Like everyone does it at their own pace. Mm -hmm. Um, there's no reason to like create like an unsafe environment for yourself. And if you don't have that at home or you don't have that within like your friend group at the moment, find a community. Um, I think being okay with my sexuality and like being able to be very out has like definitely been influenced and affected by the fact that like most of my friends have turned out to either be queer or I've just somehow gravitated towards the queer people on like all my friend groups. And so whether that's like finding people in like university, finding people in your high school, or there's like a lot of public events that you can go to public safe spaces, like seek those out, try to find like a safe space for yourself and then try to work things out for like internally. Cause it's a lot harder to come to terms with any of that if you're not in a safe space. Very thoughtful advice. Thanks Kanika. Very, very insightful. Caroline. I, I, I think, yeah, those, those two go hand in hand. I think uh, like maybe taking, like for me, it's like the small step of talking with my friends about it and then becoming comfortable with it yourself before, you know, tackling those more challenging conversations that you're going to be worried about. So, you know, whether it's, you know, finding the one person to reach out to and, and talking it through with them and then feeling better about it and then sitting with it and, you know, being comfortable in that space and then, you know, kind of recharging and then allowing yourself to move forward or if it's finding a space that you can feel comfortable with just being able to take that confidence um, to, you know, maybe what you're nervous about or, you know, with that parent that you're nervous about, it, it I found was was really helpful. Some other really great advice. Thank you. Thank thank you all three for for sharing those insights because I know that also with COVID-19 and people returning home to maybe live with parents or family where they might have had that sense of safety. Um, where at school it was their escape to be themselves or, you know, maybe at school they were being bullied and it's the opposite. Now they're back home and they're, they're safer at home, but there's, there's that, you know, th thinking through it. And I know, you know, from my own experience too, I, I still remember the day that I shared it and how a weight came off me and I felt like, okay, this is the start of being a bit freer, right? And being okay to talk about yourself and being proud of who you are. Um, so thank you so much for that. Um, one last question. I can't believe that time's flown by so, so much. And I, I know I could talk to all three of you forever. Um, but, um, one of the things I wanted to ask was what changes would you like to see, you know, when you talk about the workplace or even broader societies in regard to the whole idea around sexual orientation and gender identity, is there anything that you'd like to comment on in, in regards to that, um, and what's your opinion on that? Um, uh, maybe I'll start with Kanika. I think I'll focus more on the workplace. Um, sure. And mainly because this is Pride Month right now. And so you see a lot of 
like companies being like, oh, like we're doing this or like changing their logos. And I think one thing I'd like to see is like companies not just focusing on emphasizing or like spotlighting or highlighting like queer voices during just June. Like it would yes. be nice to have this throughout the year, have these resources like and make it more normalized rather than like, like definitely celebrate it during Pride Month. But like Pride Month should not be the only time where we're celebrating the 2S LGBTQ plus community. Um, and like, there's a lot more that can be done throughout the year. And then also just like um, more emphasis and transparency on like what's being done internally. Normally we'll see like the logo change and they'll be like, we support like the community, we've donated X amount of money, but also like what is being done internally to improve your culture and create like a safer and more inclusive space. Like do they do unconscious bias training? And if not, why don't they? Like there's certain things within hiring practices that can also become more inclusive. And just like, are they fostering these types of like inclusive discussions internally rather than just like slapping a rainbow onto their logo? Like, it'd be nice to hear more about how their company itself is um, prioritizing like these values as well, instead of just like saying like in like a one statement at the beginning of June, like this is what we've done. We support the community, happy pride. 150%, like I wish you were in the same room. I'd be doing five fives with you. Um, <laughs> But you're right. I mean, that's such a great, thank you so much. What's such a great response to that question. And you're right. It's, um, you even see it on LinkedIn, right? All of the logos have changed for the month. And then, you know, on July 1st, it'll all be back. Right. On to what they were before. And I a hundred percent agree with what you, you shared and thank you for sharing that. It's really, really helpful. Um, how about Caroline? Yeah, um, for me, I think I'd, I'd really like to see like cis and, and hetero individuals rely less on the LGBTQ plus community for their education and awareness, especially surrounding sexual orientation and gender identity. I think there are so many resources out there, uh, and yet I still see um, you know our community expected to explain and educate those around us, and even in you know weird, uncomfortable you know environments uh, where we're also we're not you know, the internet or specialists. So it's a lot of pressure. So I think before you ask a question for me, it's to think, you know, is there any research that I can do before I put it on, you know, this, this is person who's just trying to live their life. Another one, amazing, amazing, amazing. I agree hundred percent. I've heard that you're actually the second person this week that's raised that, that point um, in a conversation with me. Um, you know, like, when did I become the, you know, loud and proud person on your panel to educate you about everything? Um, there mm -hmm. is a thing called Google. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah well, there's like so much stuff and, you know, it's like, yeah, I would love to talk about it, but also like, I can't be the only thing that you're taking this from. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that as well. Thank you. It's, uh, it's, it's an interesting one. What about Todd? Yeah, well. Just to touch on sort of the conversation, I, I think that there's a joint effort between conversations and Google, right? Because yeah. we we are human and we have to be able to have conversations with people that identify in a certain way to maybe learn and hear from their personal experiences so that we can sympathize sympathize with them and hear more about their background, right? And you know, a combination between doing your own research about a certain uh, uh, diversity group and also making the effort to reach out to people and ask people questions. I know that myself, I've, I have Indigenous friends and I have um, 
you know, other BIPOC identifying friends. And I've had so many conversations that I've learned so many things about their background and their history and things that they may not have felt comfortable sharing, you know, that I've learned so much from and that I've developed more depth of understanding into why we need to have these diversity and inclusion groups and why we need to make sure we're bringing them into spotlight so we can create a more inclusive workspace. But I also think that we've made great strides in our workplace in regards to, you know, sexual orientation, gender identity, and diversity in general. Um, in our pride call the other day, it was eye-opening to hear from, um, you know, senior RV series who had been there for five, 10 years, who said that they would have never been comfortable being an openly LGBTQ identifying individual. And that's only yeah. five, 10 years, you know? And to think that yeah. I was hired twice by RBC in two very different roles in the past three years, and not once did I feel like I couldn't be myself in the interview and further extended into my employment, um, you know, should serve as an inspiration for other organizations to follow suit. And going forwards, I think that we really have to continue with our pride work and representation, um, being transparent with our efforts so that, you know, future talent as RBC on their radar as a company that stands for them, stands for diversity and inclusion as part of our DNA. Um, but we also really need to make sure that this is an ongoing and sustainable conversation rather than a fad or a trendy thing to have in the workplace that, you know, like you all said, starts at the beginning of June and ends at the end of June. Um, I think workplaces, you know, including RBC needs to ensure that we have room for conversations and that learning is not just encouraged, but that we're creating spaces like the RBC Pride Group um, that are actively created for uh, these types of conversations. I also think that, you know, workplaces need to ensure that they're taking a balanced and objective approach to ensure that the best candidates are reflected in each role and more so shifting the narrative towards attracting and create creating opportunities to increase representation in our talent pipeline, even before working age in our schools and communities. So, like we said, creating those conversations and like you're doing here, Brian, with this Spotify conversation where you're starting to see more high school students tune in. It's these mm -hmm. types of things that are, are, you know, pushing our representation and providing um, those opportunities to diversity groups before they're even, you know, applying to these types of roles. Yeah, no, some great points as well. I, you know, pulling all three of you together to have this conversation has been so insightful, meaningful, and just what a great way to end the week and uh, to have time with each of you to share and and for our audience as well. And I wanna thank you all for coming out and being guests on this Pride Chat. Um, it was really insightful and inspiring to hear your stories. And I hope this episode will help other 2S LGBTQ plus individuals with their own journeys. Um, and I wanna genuinely thank you and, uh, and say happy Pride to all of you. Happy Pride. Pride. And thank you so thank much you, for having us, Brian. Pride. Yes, thank you for hosting this. Awesome. Thank you. So for for the listeners, if you like what you heard today, please share this podcast with your network. This has been Coffee with Convery. And until next time, please stay well.